Hey, Joe. Hey, Michael. Hey, would you consider yourself a competitive person? Uh, not really. I I wouldn't say that. Um, no? No. I'm not one to, like, get into competitive gameplay. I think the most competitive I've ever been is probably in Dokapon Kingdom. <laughs> Do you remember that? How could I forget? Oh, my God. Um, so for those of you who don't know, Dokapon Kingdom is, like, I don't know, a shitty Mario Party that's also, like, a map. It's um, it's a fantasy-themed, long-form Mario Party. Yeah, and we played it with, if you listen to our Pokemon episode, we played it with Austin and Cameron, friends of the pod, and we thought, you know, Cameron had seen it, his his brother had played it, and he saw a funny video. It was like a 10-hour game. We thought it'd be real quick and it'd be a good time. We played that game for 20 hours. We weren't halfway done with it. And like Austin no. had like snowballed into like an unbeatable character and we were yelling and screaming at each other. It was it was awful. Wait, I thought Austin was the I thought Austin was the resetter. Oh, yeah, he reset. OK, yeah, he reset the game for us. Yeah, it would have been better if one person snowballed and won. Well, I think I, I'm I'm only wondering just because I think wasn't I the problem? Didn't I just roll like like the, the, the didn't I just choose the broken class? Because, like, the thief was the broken class, right? I like, guess. by far. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah, because you could be, like, a thief or a warrior or a mage, right? Yeah. Those are your three options? Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. All I remember was having a bad time, and saying even as a person who was winning, I think, mm-hmm. if, my, if memory's correct, I just remember it not being fun because it just taking way too long and even like you know even when you're winning it's like it, it eventually there's there's such a lack of stimulus and even like the people around you are not having a good time playing the game that it's just so bad that you're like i don't i don't think any of us want to be playing this anymore <laughs> just so we just didn't yeah we dropped the game but anyway uh i'm i'll throw the question back at you uh are you a competitive person <laughs> <laughs> that didn't just answer uh no i i'm not i don't think i'm a too competitive person i i i think i'm i'm competitive enough to want to 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 try to win things like we've talked about this before mm-hmm. when we talk about board games and why we like them like in, in order to get like the most fun out of something competitive you know even if you're playing something like risk or mm-hmm. even even something low-key like clue like you have to at a, on a certain level you have to want to win. Like of course like there's a, there's a way of, you know, interweaving with your pride and then you like kind of ruining everyone else's good time. Yeah. But I think that there's a there's nothing wrong with like that kind of healthy sense of like, oh, I just, you know, the goal of this game is to win. So like, you know, for the sake of like kind of playing along with the rules, your goal is to win. And so like having that healthy like, okay, we're just going to enjoy this and play this for what it is. And yeah, I can like I think I can get down with that. But I think when it comes to like like, really focusing on like a craft on like a craft level and like a mechanical level, like fighting games or or MOBAs or anything like that, I just I can't do it. Like I don't have that bone in. I don't have that drive in me to just be like sit there for hours on end and practice combos and practice, you know, like text, you practice shooting like it, it's just I can't do figuring it. figuring out the frame rate of your strikes exactly like, and like the edge of your box yeah it's too much it's too much and I just don't have that much of a desire to win you know I think I think that that's why we like I like PVE games like if I'm gonna play multiplayer game I'm gonna choose PVE because it, it I I can play with friends but I'm not playing against friends mm-hmm. speaking of PvP games uh Joe what did we do this week oh god <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, gang. Um, we're we're just gonna be shitting on this game. We're shitting on Spellbreak this episode. Oh. Um, okay. So we're we're talking about battle royales as a whole, but Michael and I were inspired to talk about them because of our experiences with Spellbreak. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who are listening to this episode and don't know what a battle royale is, uh, Michael, would you be able to explain? Yeah, a battle royale is essentially just the gamification of the Hunger Games, which is just essentially you and a large amount of players are dropped onto a map 
and you are all forced to fight each other until there is only one person left standing. You know, sometimes there's teams where you can duo, you can duo up with someone, or you can squad up with people. Sometimes you're a team of three, four, two, whatever. And yeah, it's just it's pure PvP. There's no story involved mostly. It's just for the sake of like fighting other people, straight into the action, having mm-hmm. a good time. But unless what you're gets, us. yeah, unless you're us. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. But if uh, but what gets people addicted to this gameplay is that it is like the PvP mentality. Yeah. Usually, it's like all uh, all ages friendly with like an asterisk. Mm-hmm. Um, you you know the biggest uh, hit out of the battle royale genre is Fortnite. Yeah, and as as you may know, um, all all the Gen Zers are real into it. Of course, uh, <laughs> them Zoomers just love their Fortnite. And it's so it's become so popular that like, you know, big scale music artists are like dropping songs in Fortnite. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan's newest movie, Tenet, dropped their first trailer in Fortnite, um, mm-hmm. which is insane because that's not the audience for his movie. And but that's how popular it is, is yeah. that they're willing to like do something ridiculous like that. And Joe, you're not like and I, I think I'm I'm. I don't say this in a elitist way, but I think I play a little bit more games than you, and I'm so I was a little bit more familiar going into the the battle royale genre. But this was this was this this was kind of a first for you, right? Yes, I popped my battle royale cherry with this game Spellbreak, um, <laughs> and yes, yes, I'm still avoiding Fortnite. I had half a mind to play Fortnite yesterday just so I could say that I did for this mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah, but then I thought better of myself and said no. Um, <laughs> But that being said, to to explain Spellbreak before I get into my experiences, Spellbreak is a battle royale and it's uh, it's high fantasy themed. So everybody is a mage and you can perform different types of magic when you're attacking other players. You could play one player or three player mode uh, in like three player squads. And then you drop onto a map. You try to find like different magic themed weapons that mm-hmm. work for your gameplay style. Because mm-hmm. some magic like ice is best at long range and other magic like stone is good for close range attacks and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so us being high fantasy fans, we thought this would be a lot of fun. And mm-hmm. I thought this would be a good time for me to experience battle royales. And boy, was I wrong. Um, <laughs> this was not a good experience. Um, it was good because I was with Michael and Austin. I was with friends. We were. I was in good company. Yeah. We were all having a fairly similar, if not the same experience. Yeah. And I find like that's what like can draw me to games the most is just like being able to like play with my friends either towards a goal or against each other mm-hmm. um, in like a fairly like fair setting. And what's interesting about this game spell break is that we were all fair in the set in the sense that we all sucked and we all kept dying. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it was unfair because other people kept murdering us. Um, <laughs> Michael, why the fuck did that happen? You know, it's, it's, I, I, I've been, I've been thinking really hard about the various ways to talk about like the mechanics of the game itself and how it overlaps and maybe and I could sit here and tell you that, like, you know, something about the projectile speed and the, you know, the way in which the meta works when you're playing a squad version of this. But honestly, I don't know. I truly don't. Like, I don't know why we were so bad at it. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we, we've played a lot of games together, but and like, of course, like, you know, we all have our different uh, disparities of skill. But like, man, this this really hit a weak spot for both of us <laughs> in that, like, we just... We just, it was, something was not clicking. And we must have played this game for like, you know, because if anyone's like, I don't know if any Spellbreak stands are listening to us being like, we didn't, you didn't give this game a fair shot. We gave this game like 10 hours. Like yeah. that, that is the price of, as a price of like, a, you know, that's like a, a game time price of most AAA games now, you know, 10 to 20 <laughs> hours. That's unfortunate, but true. <laughs> yeah. Like we, that like, I like think we gave it a fair shot and like, I, I don't feel like we were drastically improving. No, not at all. In fact, like there was a point where we felt like we had improved. One time yeah. we we got to second place, and that should also be noted. When you're playing Spellbreak and you're playing three-person squads, there's like 25 squads that drop onto the map, right? 
Something like that. Something like that. Uh, you know, correct us if we're wrong in the comments or shoot us an email. But like, but like this, like we got second place once out of the 10 hours that we played. Mm-hmm. Um, and we like held on to that glory mm-hmm. <laughs> with mm-hmm. what we could do. Because for the most part, I would say half of our experience is that we would drop another team would drop and kill us because they had better skill in shooting us really quickly. Yeah. And the problem is with the load time, like by the time you like get ready and load up, you could die faster than it takes to start the game. <laughs> for, for for those of you that aren't as familiar with, with battle Royale games, there's generally two schools of thought in playing these games. One, you can land far away from everyone. And it, like Joe said, find the loot and kind of just pick up everything and so by the time you run into different players, you're like more quid- you're more suited to combat. You have like whatever, you know, whatever magic spell you're trying to cast. You have armor, you have all that good stuff. And so you're you're equipped to fight. Theoretically, so will your opponents, but you're in a more comfortable position to do that. Uh whatever that might be. Or the alternative is doing what's called a hot drop, which is just immediately landing and just fighting people and just jumping straight into the action and hoping that, you know, in that like kind of clusterfuck of, you know, three or so teams that land with you, you are the winner. Mm-hmm. And neither of those approaches worked for us. Yeah. <laughs> I was, ex- I was expressing my frustration with hot dropping because mm-hmm. I'm like so unexperienced with, um, um, with battle royales, but like there are other times where we would spend a good portion of this game. We would like get a couple kills against other teams and w- and a few like small victories along the way. We would get a lot of loot. We would get to the end. We would get to like, because the way that this game works is that the map closes in slowly over time. Mm-hmm. So if you start on the outer edge, you're supposed to move towards the center. Mm-hmm. And as we're like moving towards the center and gaining small victories, we would get to the center and immediately lose against other teams. Yeah. A, a common problem that we found was that like, if you're fighting, a, if you're, if us as a three person team is fighting another three person team, you could just be there could be a third three person team sitting out and waiting for the battle to basically end for them to pick you off while you're weak. And that was very common in this game. Yeah, like you'd be fighting someone then all of a sudden, like even if you weren't even winning, someone would just see that you were you were, you know, like, oh, two low teams. And then like they just kind of they just kind of pick you off from a from a good amount of distance away. And like I get it like that. That might just be the strategy and meta of the game. But like I don't know something something about it like was never clicking with us and that like we were never that team who, who like found teams and like who were who were at low conditions. It just always kept feeling like it felt like we were missing something. Like we weren't like we weren't like we were missing a core mechanic of the game. Mm-hmm. And maybe we're just bad. Like and I, I'm totally fine with the answer of us just being bad and us not clicking with this meta. But man, oh, that, yeah, it was it was just. It was just, it was just not working. <laughs> I can accept it if I suck. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, I'm not, like I said earlier, I'm not a competitive gameplay person. Mm-hmm. You know, I love my, I love my, uh, my RPGs. Yeah. I'll play Pokemon and Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy and Legend of Zelda all day long. Yeah. This is, uh, this, this was a unique experience. And to, to, to tell a short story, um, about our, our, our third party member, Austin, Um, okay go for it so yeah shout out to you austin we love you yes we do we were so frustrated with the game that yeah we we deleted it we (laughs) fucking we fucking deleted the game yeah and austin was just like i swear i do better at Fortnite. Fortnite, there's just more opportunities and like just like it's just better so austin literally deletes the game immediately hops on Fortnite and wins (laughs) Mm mm-hmm yeah. Granted, Austin may be an exceptional Fortnite player. Mm-hmm. However, it's just wild. Like there, there. It's just wild to know that this game has such a high uh, threshold. Yeah. In terms of uh, skill. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I. I. I don't know what it is, and like I. I like I said, I'm not, I'm not saying this to kind of like save face or not have anyone revoke my gamer card or something like that. Mm-hmm. But like I. I like you know I've won a game of Fortnite. I won a game of Apex. You know both of which are like solo and team based battle royale games. You know I've won a game of PUBG before. Like it, it like I I guess like I, I know what like I, and I understand like how shooters work. I'm not anything new to shooters either. There's just something about this game in particular. I just, nothing was connecting, and I think that that's like that was like kind of born like kind of like born some frustration as well. Where I was just like I don't 
I'm not like I'm just like really not clicking with this. And like it's like it's like I feel like you know like I feel like I'm hitting people with my with my my spells or whatever I'm using. It just doesn't feel like enough or something like that. And so I don't know if it maybe because I know this game has been in beta for a long time. And so like maybe just the people we were playing with were really good and we were just really bad. And we are like, you know, inexperienced, I guess is a better way to put it. But yeah, I just it something wasn't something wasn't working and we just we just weren't having fun with it. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's what matters most in a video game is mm-hmm. wanting to go back and replay it and have fun. Mm-hmm. Even like, you know, if you happen to listen to our Pokemon episode, like Michael and I will both admit like Pokemon Sword and Shield is not a perfect game. No. Uh, some might even argue it's a bad game, but <laughs> we still love going back to it. Uh, how many hours do you have in it? If you don't mind me asking. Oh, easily like over 100, maybe 120, something like that. I think I have 160 hours in Pokemon Sword and Shield. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would consider it one of my le- one of my like lesser favorite Pokemon games. <laughs> really? Yeah. In terms of like what what it's like to actually like play through the story, mm-hmm. um, I enjoy Heart Gold and Soul Silver. I really liked uh, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Big Sinnoh fan. The Unova Black and White, um, the Unova yeah. region in Black and White. However, I mean, this game is better than Kalos. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to shit on Gen 6. But, you know, uh, you know how it is. That. Yeah. But anyway, like to my point, Pokemon's a game, even if it isn't perfect, I still want to revisit it. Therefore, it's like it does what it's supposed to do. I enjoy it. I I, I want to revisit it and I want to share it with others. And Spellbreak just didn't do it for me. And mm-hmm. I guess this leads into me asking you, Michael, what's enjoyable about Battle Royales? Because you mentioned earlier that there is an aspect to like shooter games involved in it. Yeah. And I would say that I am not a shooter game fan. Not not for any reasons like, you know, like shooter games cause gun violence. Um, Like, I just I just don't care for them. Like, it isn't a skill set that I have. So why why do you think Battle Royales are so successful? Oh boy. I mean there's a there's a lot of reasons you could look at it with the angle of just like there's the pure exceptionalism of the idea of like you jump into a, a squad of uh a hundred people and you're the one person who comes out the victor. Like there's a there's a feeling of unsatisfaction that or I'm sorry, satisfaction that comes from being like, yeah, it's kinda like you you perceive against or you uh you won against all the odds, right? Mm-hmm. You, know, you literally have a one in a hundred chance and if you're playing something like Fortnite, where you have a hundred other players going against you when you first jump in that lobby so i do think that like, a, like as a novel thing there's that there's that element to it i think it originated during the time of the hunger games when the, like that series was hot uh despite the fact that hunger games that concept is is kind of talking about fascism <laughs> and literally taking children and ripping them from their homes and making them fight for entertainment uh, in this really fucked, bleak, oppressive world. And for some reason, everyone was like, okay, what if we made that a game? <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, we also have war games. We also have other things. Like, I don't think that that's inherently... Uh, like, people do that all the time. Nonetheless, uh, I also think that there's a way in which they've also kind of perfected a formula. In which case, I think because Spellbreak's relatively new, the servers aren't as fast. But something like Fortnite, like, now that I used, I used to play it all the time with my students, and I... Yeah, every now and then I play it with Austin and that like, oh, it's it's so immediate. Like you, if you lose, you just hop right into the next game. Like losing doesn't always feel like a complete loss because mm-hmm. you can just hop straight into the next game. You know, you don't have to wait for the whole lobby to be finished. You know, it's not like uh, it's not like if you're playing like Call of Duty and you're playing a free for all match where if you're losing, you just keep watching someone else get ahead of you while you keep dying. It's like, no, if you die, you just immediately go to the next game and you're playing in a completely new lobby because you only get one life. And I think that that creates an interesting like mindset with it where it's like, oh, if you lose, oh, well, just go into the next time. And therefore, the only times that losing really feels like losing is if you die immediately, like we did a lot of times, or if you get really far and you come in like second place. And that's, that creates like that, oh, you almost did it though, so maybe you should try again. And you know, not not to mention all like the little, like little blinkers and things that encourage uh, young, specifically young kids, to keep playing. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, I think there's there is 
probably still that angle of just like oh it's 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 a fun idea of just kind of like elimination round uh pvp mm-hmm. where you do you do only get one life and you just uh you see if you can you see if you can win and like on a pvp sense that that's an interesting concept and i have fun enough with it i guess like i'm not the per- best person to be talking about this because i like i said at the top i i don't like pvp games all that much to begin with yeah that's not true you're really into Tetris. you were into tetris 99 for a while that true true fair enough i guess because mm-hmm. it's like that's like getting but that's also getting into like that game tetris is more feels more like my speed like that is definitely a game i excel at way more than something like uh than something like a shooter or spell break or spell break i mean because that spell break is essentially a third person shooter even though it's magic even though it's high fantasy it's still a shooter in that you're shooting projectiles at people you know the the skin of the game is still just in the lens of high fantasy magic which Mm -hmm. admittedly is half why we why we wanted to play it because it was free and we we love high fantasy right yeah like uh who wouldn't want to play as a, a bunch of gandalfs running around uh shooting each other with magic that would be a lot of fun if only you could shoot someone <laughs> uh at the end of each game we would play that it shows you your stats right it mm-hmm. shows like how many how like kills are called like exiles and then you have assists where you do like majority damage onto a player and then it shows you like your total number of damage and i can't tell you how many times on my screen at the end of a game it would pop zero zero and zero and i had been playing for like 15 minutes mm-hmm. it hurts yeah um it hurts so much it's sad feeling <laughs> mm-hmm. out, of, out of curiosity i'm curious like of, of, now that we're done with this like we're like we're probably not going to re-download this and play it ever again uh because we gave it its fair shot but like what what magic do you think you clicked with the best now it was at the very end i did really well with stone yeah i, I enjoyed stone the most because because it had the widest range of damage yeah. So aiming wasn't was like I could compromise with my aim. Mm-hmm. And that's a shame because like the the way that stone worked in this game is that you have to be physically on the floor because that's another element that separates this game from something like Fortnite. There's a lot of vertical jumping that you could do in the game mm-hmm. and to the point that you're flying in the air. And basically, if you're flying in the air, you have an advantage over everyone because you could see everyone and shoot everyone yeah but with stone you can't do that you have to be on the floor yeah so i kind of use that as a crutch for my inability to jump <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and and of course like the game does measure that out by like you only have like you know in, in fortnite you have bullets you know like that's like your ammo clip versus in spellbreak you have one mana bar that keeps regenerating mm-hmm. and they tie your your magic bar that it's connected to not only your magic but your ability to jump and fly and so, you know, you, you can may there you can make that option to choose like, oh, do I do I, you know, get some higher ground on someone before landing or do I like use my magic to take shots at them? Because you can't like, you know, because if you try to do both of them at the same time, you might not always get the result you want. And so like there's a lot of weird there's a lot of, you know, and I think that that's interesting. It's really interesting. I think it's a it's a fun way to design your game. I don't think that's the problem. The problem is we were just bad at it. Because, like, yeah. man, it, it always felt like people always, like, had the, either the high ground on us or they could just shoot us better, you know? Mm-hmm. Which is funny because, like, you know, like I was saying about stone, it's very, it's like, you could tell you're, if you are going to be able to hit your target. Whereas if you're using something like wind or lightning, like, you, like, they're so small on the screen. And even, yeah. like, I was playing on my Nintendo Switch. And you can play in handheld mode. I don't recommend it. That is bad. <laughs> uh, you can barely see what's happening. Mm-hmm. Or you can play it on like a, a TV. I have like a 48-inch TV. And I still had a hard time seeing whether or not I could hit a target. Yeah. And I always felt like when people are much, much further away from me, they can hit me and I can't even see them. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm looking directly at them, I'm like, I don't even know if I can hit them from here. And mm-hmm. if I choose to use my magic to hit them, I may end up being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So, like, doing making those decisions when you're getting ambushed was so infuriating. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why people like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand, like, like why people, I mean, why people would like spell. I, I could see why someone would like spell break as a concept. I mean, clearly we were drawn to it. 
Mm-hmm. But in terms of like this PvP shooter um, battle royale style of gameplay, it doesn't really appeal to me. Yeah, I don't think it's fun when like a team ambushes you. You have no time to react. Um, you thought you had been progressing. You're immediately halted. The game is over. And then you mm-hmm. watch the screen of some guy coming over and squatting on you to pretend to teabag in your dead corpse. Like, <laughs> I don't like this. Yeah, this is not this is not fun. Um, yeah, it, it's not divorced from all the other like kind of crappy things about shooters, right? <laughs> and like, and specifically like competitive gaming culture as a, as a whole, which has its own problems. Yeah, which like you know like epic gamer moments. Yeah. Oh, oh god. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, yeah, and I don't want to give too much of a voice to that because I do know that that is a that's like a that's a cultural problem and definitely you know worth addressing and, yeah. and being like like fuck that. But like, you know, that that's not solely Spellbreak's fault. Like we could talk about. Oh, no. I, and I would say like that isn't. I mean, so far I haven't encountered that. But then again, mm-hmm. I don't watch Twitch streams. Yeah. Yeah. It, speaking of having an unhealthy amount of pride tied up into a, a, a game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, yeah. Blah. Blah. Anyway, I think the I think the problem is I wanted really bad to like it. Right, mm-hmm. like me we too. Kept, we we kept saying like, oh, it's like because on on paper, like you know, we keep saying this, like we, we you know, it's high fantasy. It was something we could all play together. It's free, uh, you know. It, like, it has so many makings of uh, the things we like, and it just it just the one thing that doesn't sell it to us is that it's it's PvP kind of a shooter, and that's like kind of really never gonna work for us. Like Jonah, you and I, you and I have never played a, a Call of Duty game or together or something like that. I guess there's yeah. a reason for that. Yeah, it was. So, I remember in high school hanging out with you, and you're like, and you're like, I guess I'm gonna buy the new Call of Duty game, mm-hmm. and I'm like, really? And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What a mistake. You know, bad choice, high school Michael. It's okay. <laughs> it, it, we we spent a lot of time after deleting Spellbreak looking for a new game to play. Mm-hmm. You know, like something that appeals. Because at the end of the day, what we desire is probably a pve uh game uh that's free and and generally well rated uh it could have four players that's what we want Mm -hmm. it's hard to come by yeah i think the thing is too that like we also just want a game we can all really hang out to Mm -hmm. and the thing about and the thing about competitive and once again like i know this is i know this is a cultural thing i know that this is not solely but like there's a sense of like when you play a competitive game at a certain point, the conversation and the, the the experience is kind of all about the game, you know, whether because like you're about to win or you're about to lose or you're about to whatever, like, you know, the conversation needs to be about the game. And so, you know, like when we play games, we like to hang out. Like when we play Pokemon and we did some max raids, you know, half the time we're just we're just kind of shooting the shit while, while like while we're in the middle of like, hey, you know, does anyone need to get to max Apple turn? Exactly. Like, you know. And so, like, it's so, it was, like, half, like, getting to enjoy each other's presence and half, like, being, like, uh, okay, we're going to do this thing, you know, with the exception of then and when the Mewtwo raids came out, right? When the Mewtwo raids came out, you know, it was, like, okay, everyone sit down, pick your best-fitting Pokemon for this, and that was kind of a novel thing, and that was fun for what it was worth, uh, and it was a lot, it was, it was definitely a lot of fun, mm-hmm. uh, but I guess, once again, that's kind of speaking to, to our love, which is for RPGs. And Pokemon being a JRPG, you know, naturally we click more with it. And like, but like, I guess it's like with, with, uh, with Spellbreak, like the, <laughs> there would be just long stretches of silence where we're all just kind of grabbing loot. Oh, I found someone. Let's try to fight them. You know, we all try to fight them. And then there's just like kind of that exhausted feeling of, oh, it didn't go so well. And now we're just loading up into another one. <laughs> right. And the, yeah. And then we spend nearly as much time loading as it took to progress that far yeah yeah it was it was very demoralizing which makes me wonder if like a turn-paced rpg like pokemon where it's as simple as rock paper scissors <laughs> of oh water beats fire fire beats grass grass beats water okay cool and you just click the button and then you watch the animation go and then there you know there's also the added benefit of like our us growing up playing pokemon and now we have this extra space in our brain where we remember all of them yeah so having that memory like makes the gameplay even easier. Mm-hmm. However, the slow pace of a turn-based game probably makes it easier to hang out in mm-hmm. rather than a highly competitive game. 
Yeah. Like a battle royale. Yeah. I couldn't imagine myself relaxing while playing Fortnite. Yeah. I would probably be frustrated and tense because one, I'm, I'm, I'm not into shooters. And two, I imagine there are plenty of other people who are, who are better than me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that, that's like, that's another element of, uh, of online gameplay that can be intimidating and frustrating. Mm-hmm. It's like, what, what is, uh, what's the barrier to entry here? Mm-hmm. You know, by getting involved in what you've already like, de- you've already like really accurately described Michael as an online culture, mm-hmm. the online culture of like competitive gameplay and then the subcultures of each game. Yeah. Like, you know, the type of people who are playing Fortnite are not exactly the type of people playing League of Legends or even Spellbreak. Yeah. yeah. That being said, I think Spellbreak would be a really, really cool and more chill game uh, to vibe with if it were just a loot finder. <laughs> You know, where yeah. you just find these really cool magical weapons and you run around the world and you shoot lightning or wind or fire or whatever. And then you find more and it, it just keeps getting better. And then you win because you find, I don't know, the big golden monkey. Um, do, do, do you know what you just described, Joe? Don't you dare say Minecraft. I, I, no, I was going to say an MMO. An MMO? Ah, because it's, it's finding loot. Finding better loot, kind of fighting something, and then just getting better loot from it. And then it just keeps going. The problem is with MMOs, I think World of Warcraft would be a great game for us to play, except mm-hmm. for the fact that it costs a lot of money. But granted, and like, and this is getting into the greater concept of game development in general, when you're creating the dense world of an MMO, you want players to pay for it because you spent so much time and effort into it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. The reason why games like Fortnite and uh, uh, and Spellbreak are free is because they're meant to be addicting for people. So when you get really invested in the game, you're gonna do uh, microtransactions. Yeah. Uh, you you want your your character to look like Wolverine? Well, you gotta pay for the skin now. That's only available for this time. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, that sounds great to me. Um, I would love to play a game where I get to look like Spider-Man. Yeah. Or be Spider-Man. Yeah. Like Spider-Man um, for <laughs> PS4. <laughs> but as I was saying, these these MMOs aren't, aren't going to be free, mm-hmm. right? No. No, like they're all, they all have some type of barrier for entry and that it's just money. I have heard people say that like, you know, playing $15 a month for like people pay $60 for a whole game. And that game might not last them four months. And if you, you know, theoretically, if you play uh, an MMO for four months, you've paid the same amount of money you would have gotten out of a game full price. Which, in a certain sense, okay, okay, you know, when you were like that, that does make a lot of sense to me. If you, you know, if you got a good four months out of a game and had that amount of fun with it, and you're like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm good. You know, I, I played it, had some fun with it, but I think I'm done with this. Sure, you know, but I, I don't think that that's most people's experience. It's like, mm-hmm. I think it's kind of like, uh, you know, like any actual like relationship with something, you know, you know, you never, never really have a harsh stop with something. You kind of just stop playing it. You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like that friend you uh, meet after class where it's like, or like your, your classmate friends and you try to make that transition into actual friends. And, you know, you both generally want to hang out with each other, but you just don't find the time anymore. Yeah. It's... <laughs> You're throwing me back to community college, Michael. Oh, um, yeah, me too, buddy. <laughs> where it's like, oh, let's hang out. And then you like hang out. You might get to hang out for as long as the semester lasts. Yeah. Or the quarter or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Like some games I don't even get like that much out of. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the thing is, like, if I enjoy it, I'm not going to care. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the wild part. Like, for example, uh, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Yeah. Um, beautiful, beautiful graphics and remaster of a GBA game that was thrown onto the Switch. Yeah. Um, to satiate nerds like me before Breath of the Wild 2 comes out. Mm-hmm. And it it was good. It was fun. I But I beat the game in like 20 hours. Yeah. It was pretty short. It was it was about a two-month game for me. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't regret I wouldn't regret it. I would yeah. I would play it again. Yeah. 
And like, that's the point. Mm-hmm. I, I guess we got to work ourselves up to, to finding out whether or not these MMOs are worth it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if yeah. we want that PVE prime chill experience. Yeah. No. And it, it also like, you know, there's other barriers of injury. you like, you know, having a good enough PC to play them, having a good that's enough him. console, you know, other bits mm-hmm. that like, it's just, it's just money. You know, we come down yeah. to the idea that like it, things trying to make a buck off of you mm-hmm. ultimately suck and they're not there for the player's benefit yeah like who would have thought mm-hmm. you know and like it's interesting to me too that like even a game like wow which was the most which is like the mmo like a lot of people that was their first mmo like man like that you know even that has gone free to play and so i'm wondering it like and now that we've kind of transitioned to this whole free to play but with microtransactions microtransactions uh like that's become the new business model for these types of things. And that makes mm-hmm. me, and you know, and that's like, once again, completely different topic for another day. But like, man, that is that a, is that a sad reality that like, Oh, by the, by the end of it, you know, how many kids have spent like over a hundred or so dollars on V bucks on things. How many credit cards have been stolen from, from parents? <laughs> oh boy. Did you ever do that? Like, in all, in all honesty, did you ever do that? Uh, no. Did you ever take your parents money? Oh, I've I have gotten to the point of holding the credit card in my hand, um, but never doing anything with it. I would mm. always uh, guilt would would take me over. <laughs> Michael, I was raised Catholic. Feel it. <laughs> yeah, it just it just it. I couldn't do it. Uh, mm-hmm. What about you? No, no, I would never dare. Mm-hmm. I you know <laughs> I would be way too afraid. Mm-hmm. Like I I wouldn't know I you know I wouldn't know things about like you know transaction history. Like I do now, I just knew they would fake. I just, or I just realized, I just somehow knew they would know. And that like, God would know. And God would tell my parents. <laughs> yes, Jesus would tell my parents if I didn't. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, We're all recovering, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I guess, I guess to bring this back to Spellbreak, uh, or just kind of Battle Royale games in general... I think, like, to to kind of your point, like, where Battle Royale games are fun, like, I put a lot of hours into Fall Guys, mm-hmm. where, where Fall Guys is a Battle Royale too. it's just basically a platformer, if, uh you know, platformers were a Battle Royale, where it's, you're just doing a series of races, and just whoever keeps coming in first, it's the same basic concept of a concept of a PvP game, just you're not shooting each other, mm-hmm. and you're just kind of bouncing all, you know, ragdoll mechanics everywhere, and I have so much fun with that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, even even though it is also a battle royale game, I just you know it, you know ultimately I think we just keep coming down to like we just had such a bad experience with this game that like we decided to do a whole podcast on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh jeez, it's, it's it's just I don't know. Like I don't know. I I wanted to like this thing. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun shooting fireballs out of my hands same and like the, even like the like the moves of the game are fun too like i don't like i like the way in which you interact with the world i like the mechanics of it like you know like we we, we kept saying flame on when you can like you can like jump through your when you get to like a high enough level you can jump through uh your firewall and you start flying yeah and that was another fun aspect of Spellbreak is that you your magic you can do combos with them Mm-hmm. You know, your your fire can combine with your air magic because you can you can wield two types of magic. One is a magic that you start with. Another one is via an item that you pick up along the way. Yeah. And that was that was a novel aspect. I love that. Yeah, man. I'm so disappointed. Yeah, it's because well, it, it's just it's like it's got good player expression, even if it's just like picking your element. Right. Like mm-hmm. we just we just spent four, we just spent four episodes talking about Legend of Korra. We love this magic, you know, choose your own element type shit. We mm-hmm. started this game by being like, "Oh, Joe, you're 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 an Airbender, so you should choose uh, wind." Uh, Austin's a uh, our Earthbender, so you stone. And I'll choose the ice one because I'm I'm water. And like we were so hyped when we first got started, <laughs> it all just came <laughs> crashing down. Yeah. Like, I, I don't even think we have any stories to really come out of it, you know? The only story we had was just Austin's rage quit. Or not really rage quit. He 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 just deleted afterwards and then played Fortnite and won mm-hmm. to prove a point. Yeah. Uh, oh, there there was one thing I remember. Yeah, sure. 
Uh, I remember, I remember uh, our associate producer Shannon coming in and being like, "Hey, you can use the TV." <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, because when I, w- um, yeah, okay. So Shannon and I live in a one bedroom apartment, and since I'm playing on my Switch, I just like took my handheld into the bedroom because she needed the TV so she could do like a video workout. And when she was done, she walked in and said, "Oh, Joe, you can take the TV now." And Austin and Mike were like, what the fuck? You've been playing on handheld this entire time? How? No wonder you suck. And that didn't change anything. It mm-hmm. didn't. It changed nothing. No. She did say it was interesting to watch, though. Yeah, she did watch us uh, in the first day of gameplay. And she found it more uh, intriguing than, say, Pokemon, which once again is rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. And repetitive. Yeah. And I think, like, Pokemon... Especially if you're like an adult trying to get invested in it. It helps if you think everything's cute. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, if you think all the stuff is cute and you like the idea of like your Pokemon evolving. That's not for Shannon. Shannon's Shannon's favorite game is the Nancy Drew series. I heard they're good. Yeah, I hear they're fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I bring it up just because I do think that there's like a like, we you know, we, we have an we have an inclination towards narrative, right? Mm hmm. Uh, as like as like you know both people who just like to experience things we generally go through things and i think that that's why i mean like if anyone's looking for like a deep gameplay analysis of this game you probably came to the wrong place because that's not really what we do around here and i think that you know it's kind of part of the disappointment and kind of what we were talking about in that like you know even even in games where there isn't uh a, a through line narrative like plot there's no actual, like, as we would understand it, story, like, story mode to Spellbreak or Fortnite or any Apex or any Battle Royale game. And so, like, in that basis, like, for us, like, you know, we play tabletop for a reason. Like, we like tabletop because of the narrative and gameplay synergy of it. Oh, yeah. But, like, even in these games, people come up with their own stories, right? You know, you have that you have that one game where, you know, you, you, you were, like, on one health point the entire game and you, you, you somehow one by doing this like super cool trick shot and you got two people at the exact same time like that becomes a story that becomes like something you tell people when you're talking about your individual experiences with something you're like oh dude like you know i, I you know I, I here's my like here's my here's my like you know my victory that i like, barely won by doing this ridiculous thing and like that becomes like part of your story with a game that's like mm-hmm. completely separate from like a narrative constructed by writers Mm-hmm. And the sad part is we didn't even have that. Like, I think that's really the biggest, like, blow to this whole thing is we would either just walk around and it was, like Joe said, a loot simulator. Or it was, oh, we fell on a map and then just immediately got killed. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. we never, and even, like, the times we would get people, it wasn't, it was, it was like, it was, it was like a wet noodle fight, right? Yeah, it, it would be a wet noodle fight. Mm-hmm. You'd throw, you'd throw your spells. You'd run out of, you'd run out of magic, and you'd be like, "Well, shit, I better run." <laughs> and then you run, and then you hope that you can consume your your health or your or your defense real quick mm-hmm. uh, before you get shot. And then yeah. you get shot, and then you turn into this glowy glowy ball, and then you kind of float around, hopefully to get to your teammate to save you, or an, your enemy, you know, uh, exiles you completely, and your your spirit is dead. Mm-hmm. And like, like you mentioned earlier, there's some really cool like narrative um, elements to that. Like yeah. this could be really interesting, but it isn't. And <laughs> it, and <laughs> it isn't. It isn't interesting when your narrative is you die. Mm-hmm. So what I wonder is how important is narrative? Like not narratives in terms of like writing a script, but like narratives in terms of the stories we tell ourselves about these games and tell each other. Yeah. Is this becoming more important than other aspects of gameplay? Yes. I think, I think in some ways, cause it's, it's part of a community, right? It's part of building a experience with something, you know, that that's what games are. They're an interactive experience, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that's why, that's why they're, 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 they're these famous indie game titles like journey, where you know not a single word is spoken, and you you don't know the people you interact with, but you have this memorable visual component that you feel like you went on, and that creates something. Like you know, like most people don't play games together; you play them mm-hmm. individually. Mm-hmm. 
and then you 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 meet up to talk about them, right? You're you're doing what we're doing right now. We're like, oh, you play, you know, let's, let's both play, uh, let's both play, uh, you know, Final Fantasy VII. Let's 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 you know we're gonna do that on our own, and then meet back together to talk about it, like and talk about like, oh, did you struggle with you know, did you struggle with uh, the Rufus fight? No, but I thought it was really cool because I soloed both of them, kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And like you know, like his dog hit me and I was on low health by chance, and I used a limit break, and I got them both at the same time, or I just got him or something like that. Like that becomes part of your experience with that game. That's strange because I also don't know really how, how you program that. I don't know how game writers or game designers really make it so that experience feels valid you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's just something that kind of happens even though i do think it's part of the process right yeah i think for more traditional gameplay like rpgs uh it's easier to like supplement that with an overall narrative mm-hmm. to continue with final fantasy 7 like you know you start out as a terrorist group you're an eco-terrorist group getting rid of a big corporation I mm-hmm. love the sound of that. That sounds like a great <laughs> fantasy for me. Yep. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, you have to be, you you have to leave your town and go save the world from this crazy murderer. Great. Uh, awesome. I'm so here for this. Mm-hmm. But in games like Fortnite, it's interesting to see how like that narrative does get supplemented in uh, like, I'm not sure what the correct term is, but like, I'm using subtext as my term. Sure. Why not? Um, the subtext of like, oh, like if you really care about this this character that you're playing as, here is their character bio and this is their backstory. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I know that uh, Overwatch has that. Yeah. Right? Um, oh, it, it, Overwatch is not uh, a battle royale, right? No. But it's similar. Yeah, I feel like that's another way to get invested it's mm-hmm. like you know the history of these characters and then you can create that narrative in your mind mm-hmm. um, when you're enacting your gameplay. Mm-hmm. In terms of like playing against other players, yeah, I think you really do need to like create a system that's fair. Yeah. Um, you need to create a system that allows you to lose and to win. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, with our experience with Spellbreak, that was not it. Yeah. Because you have the struggle and then you have the victory. Mm-hmm. It is the hero's journey, right? <laughs> um, seriously. Totally, do I get you? It's the hero's journey at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is that video games need to be socialism. <laughs> it can't be all it can't be all capitalism bullshit here. Mm-hmm. Where people who have access to the beta can practice enough and and they're level twenty <laughs> when you start at level five. Fuck that shit. Yeah, I wish I wish we had a story with this game because like an, even the way in which like any competitive thing has stories told about it, you know, like mm-hmm. you know we were just you know we were just talking about basketball lightly before this, and even in like something like pro sports, you know, there's stories of underdogs, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a story of uh, a few years back because we were both there around that time when the Warriors were popular in basketball. Fuck, if you were in the Bay Area, everyone was talking about it, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> you couldn't escape it. You know, yeah. everyone was cheering, everyone was celebrating, you know, we were the hotness. You know, we were the mm-hmm. we were the we were the warriors. Kevin Durant left the team, half the players got injured, and they were bottom of the bracket. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that becomes a story, right? <laughs> that's mm-hmm. and that's like that, that that that's how like even something that's purely gameplay, uh, so to say, like that's how that becomes a narrative. And we just we just we just never got that with this game. And I think that that's why just we had the experience we did. Even though, like, you know, I don't, I don't regret it. Like, <laughs> I don't mean not to make this sound like, oh, you know, what was us? We didn't have fun with the video game, even though a free we free video game at that. Yeah, e- even though we did, though, like, I, you know, I'll enjoy any game if I'm playing it with you. Which is, yeah, we said that at the beginning of the episode, like, when we're playing together, it's fun. We're yeah. we <laughs> we had fun in our misery together. Mm-hmm. Um, we were laughing as we were consistently dying. Yeah, because after all, like, we are incredibly competitive people, so we weren't. We weren't swearing in a chat board. Um, <laughs> we weren't reporting people who killed us. Mm-hmm. Even though apparently that's an option in the game. Yeah. As soon as you die, like the report button it pops up. <laughs> <laughs> Report this player for killing me. I know. They're too good. Uh, too good. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's just okay, obvious. And honestly, maybe it's a less like we, we know shooters and, you know, bat- and large amounts of PvP aren't our 
thing in general. But, you know, you got to give everything a try, right? Sure. And and we gave it a try. Mm-hmm. I guess tabletops just truly more our speed these days. <laughs> yeah, uh, as it turns out. Mm-hmm. How much is World of Warcraft? Earlier, you mentioned that it it was somewhat freemium. Now, yeah, like it's free up to it's free up to like I think level thirty or something like that. Oh, like geez, you, you could play. It's like a like, trial. Yeah, I mean that's like you know that's 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 a like substantial probably like, trial. It's like five hours probably, something. If mm-hmm. you know if if you're five hours into something, you should probably you'll probably know by then like do I like this or not. Mm-hmm. But that's normally how they rope you in. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Why the fuck is everything got to cost money, man? I don't know. I don't know either. Mm-hmm. But you know what I do know? What do you know, Michael? Uh, I know that I'm thankful for people uh, for listening to us complain about uh, a bad experience of a game we had for a whole hour. Thank you. And if you played, if you played it for more than an hour, thank you <laughs> <laughs> for coming here and listening to us. Mm-hmm. That's true. I hope I have a kid and he's great at Spellbreak to live out the dream I never had. (laughs) 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 Oh, oh boy. Okay. Well, uh, once again, thank you very much for listening to us uh, vent our frustrations about Spellbreak for a whole hour. Uh, We really appreciate the listen, everybody. Yes. Thank you for listening to Pop the Culture Podcast. Yeah. And if you have any recommendations, shoot us an email at popthaculture.com. Oh, fuck. Popthaculture at gmail.com. Popthaculturepod at gmail.com. Fuck, I don't even know our own handle. You are not cutting this out, sir. Um, <laughs> and popthaculturepod at gmail.com. You could hit us up on Twitter at popthaculturep mm-hmm. um, or on Instagram or whatever. Please let us know what you thought of Spellbreak. Mm-hmm. Or if you have any other game recommendations for us to to tease you out for the future, we talked about Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. We may do an episode of that sometime later this year. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Until next time. Yeah. Until then, uh, we'll talk to y'all next time, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. All right, thank you very much for listening to another episode of Pop the Culture Podcast. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you want to keep the conversation going, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also email us any of your thoughts or questions at popthaculturepod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. I'd love to thank our PR guy, Joseph Tomlin. And I'd like to thank our editor, Michael Ruiz. <laughs> and I have been your host, Michael Ruiz. You can find me at twitter.com at next underscore entry and the video essays I write on my YouTube channel, Next Entry. I have also been your host, Joseph Tomlin. You can find me on twitter.com and Instagram at joke Tomlin. That is J-O-U-K-T-O-M-L-I-N. Thanks again for listening, everyone.